1: How many of you remember the line of this scripture? When I am weak, then I am strong. Have you heard that before? Well, I want to talk about that in just a moment, right after I share a little humor with you, okay? Here we go. A lady called her pastor. The pastor was a wise gentleman who had that calm, reassuring voice that oozes confidence. The lady, who was obviously crying said, Pastor, I was born blind and I've been blind all my life. I don't mind so much being blind, but I I have some well-meaning friends who tell me that if I had more faith, I could be healed. The pastor then asked her, tell me, do you carry one of those white walking canes? Well, yes, I do, she replied. Okay, then, the pastor says, the next time one of your well-meaning friends says that to you, I want you to hit them over the head with a cane and then tell them, if you had more faith, that wouldn't hurt. (laughs) Well, you know, it it is in our nature to believe that, that all weakness is a bad thing. We all strive to be strong, not weak. And we grow up aspiring to develop strong minds and strong bodies to create successful lives. But the problem is, we're all created with some strengths and some weaknesses. And recognizing these weaknesses and knowing how to deal with them is just as important as a, to achieving a successful life as capitalizing on our strengths. You know, we all know somebody personally... And we certainly know of people who have accomplished tremendous success just, just to fall hard due to their, their weaknesses. And a recent easy example to point to would be Terrell Owens, T.O., the, the uh, Dallas Cowboy football player. I mean, what a tremendous athlete. He's such a force on the playing field, and it just seems like there's nothing that he can't do. But his weaknesses in managing his personal relationships and his fame are severely hampering his success in life. But you see, God made us all with strengths and weaknesses. And to understand the scripture that we were talking about, when I am weak, then I am strong, you have to understand where the Apostle Paul was coming from when he wrote it. He was in the middle of defending his ministry in a letter to his beloved Corinthians. And he was responding to criticism by church people, who was jealous of his impact, on the people of Corinth. And they had made this observation that while Paul wrote really great letters, in person, he was a very unimpressive figure physically. And he had no charisma at all as a speaker. And, and you know, it would be natural for, for, for Paul to have been hurt by those comments. I mean, after all, he knew that all of his efforts toward those people were sincere. And no one could argue with of what Paul had witnessed and survived in his life, especially for the cause of Christ. I mean, he was beaten a number of times. He was thrown in prison. He was stoned. He was shipwrecked. I mean, just about everything you could imagine had happened to Paul. But his response to the Corinthians was something like this. He said, you know, I could, I could brag about all the things I've seen and done, about my first-hand relationship with the Lord about my vision of heaven about all the persecution that I've suffered I could tell you all these things to dispute my, my critics but instead I want to brag about my weakness because God knows I've got them and in spite of them the Lord himself told me my grace is sufficient for you now listen to this and he said, "For my power is made perfect in weakness." Paul went on to say, "I'm happy to boast about my weaknesses, so that Christ's power may rest on me. I'm happy for the insults, I'm happy for the hardships, the persecution, and in all difficulties here's where it came, where, where, the, where, the, where the line is. I'm happy for all the problems, for when I am weak. Then I'm strong. What an amazing revelation. We can acknowledge our weaknesses so that Christ can perfect us. I mean, can we really count our our weaknesses as a blessing from God? Well, the Apostle Paul showed us that we can. Because for every inability that we have, for every iniquity that we're tempted by, for every infirmary our body deals with, Jesus knows we have it. And Jesus has promised to work on us all the way to perfection. The message is that our strengths and our weaknesses belong to Him. So don't let your shortcomings and your insecurities and your doubts and your failures cause you to run from God. For these are the very things... That God wants to reveal His power to perfect in you. And you might say, well, I'm just too messed up. Just got too many weaknesses. Well, let me tell you today that the more weaknesses that you have, the more miraculous the work that can be done in your life through Jesus Christ. You can't overcome them by yourself. But with Christ, you can say, for when I am weak, then I am strong. A few minutes ago, the song said... He's the defender of the weak. He, com- he comforts those in need. He lifts us up like wings of eagles. When I'm weak, then I'm strong. Say that with me. When I'm weak, then I'm strong. What a beautiful word from the Lord.
0: Don't go away. On the Bright Side, we'll be right back.
2: The Slide. It's what I liked best at the playground as a kid. I got a feeling of freedom, like I could do anything, and I loved it. Now as an adult, I still love the slide, but it's the Slide Z flashlight from Nebo Tools. That's S-L-Y-D-E. The Slide Z is a 2-in-1 high intensity flashlight with a powerful work light concealed inside the flashlight body. You just slide it to reveal. With the 4 times adjustable zoom, fully deemable beam, and instant on feature, I get a feeling of freedom, like I can do anything.
0: Welcome back to On the Bright Side. Email bobby at onthebrightside.org and let him know you're listening.
1: I want to start uh, by explaining this by telling you this funny story. Okay, here we go. Joe received a parrot for his birthday. The parrot was fully grown with a bad attitude and a worse vocabulary. He was always rude to everyone he saw. Joe tried to change the bird's attitude. He would teach him polite words. He played soothing music. He tried everything, but nothing worked. The harder he tried, the ruder the bird got. Finally, in a moment of desperation, Joe put the parrot in the freezer where he kept the meat. For a few moments, he heard the bird squawking and kicking and screaming. And then suddenly, all was quiet. Frightened that he might have actually hurt the bird, Joe quickly opened the freezer door. The parrot stepped out onto Joe's arm and said, Joe, I'm so sorry that I offended you with my language and my actions. Please accept my humble apology. Joe was astounded at the change in the attitude of this bird. He was about to ask him what caused it when the parrot said, By the way, Joe, may I ask, what did the chickens do? <laughs> he had an attitude change in the freezer, you see. And you know, we all struggle from time to time to go through life with a positive attitude. But I, was, I rediscovered an ancient story in the Word this week that reminded me of why we have to develop a good attitude. The story goes way back to when Moses and the children of Israel were on the brink of entering into the promised land that God had promised them. So Moses sends some guys into the land as spies to check things out. And when they get over there, they find out that the place is great with lots of fertile land and crops and water. But they also find that there are lots of people there. There are great armies and great cities And they even ran across some giants. So when they get back, Moses calls like this town meeting. And he wants to know what they discovered. Well, 10 out of the 12 spies that went were convinced that they didn't have a chance if they went into the land. Well, they acknowledged that the land was everything that God had promised. But their enemies were too strong. The giants were too big. And if they went in, they would surely all die. But then one man, a man named Caleb stepped up to the microphone okay I don't think they had microphones and he said listen we should go and take possession of the land for we can certainly do it and you know what I thought of when I read that who does that sound like have you ever heard Pastor Dez stand right where I am right now and say come on Bethesda let's do it that's what I thought of you are Caleb my friend Well, anyway, back to my story. It was two against ten, and all the people got scared, and no matter what, Moses and Caleb said they wouldn't go in. They were right there, I mean, at the border, but their negative attitude is what won the day. And then the story gets really ugly because God was not amused. He didn't appreciate their negative attitude. Not only did he see that the ten negative thinking spies met an untimely death, but he banished the children of Israel for another 40 years. All of those negative people would never see the land God promised. All that is except Caleb and Joshua. And let me tell you about Caleb. Let me tell you what the Lord said about Caleb. He said this, None of them will ever see the land I promised, but because my servant Caleb, listen to this, has a different spirit and follows me wholeheartedly, I will bring him into the land and, I'll, and his descendants will inherit it. So, you know, with everything that goes on in our lives today, would, would you ever believe that our attitude would have such important consequences? This story shows us that when we become a child of God, we're meant to be men and women with a different spirit. Caleb wish, witnessed the same things the others did. He saw the fortified cities and the giants. The difference was that his attitude wasn't based on what he saw, but on who he knew. The others were living in fear. Caleb was living in faith. They were dwelling on their weakness. Caleb was counting on God's strength. They were focused on giants. Caleb was focused on God. They saw defeat in their future, but Caleb knew victory belonged to God. They were doubters. Caleb was a believer. They saw the problems. Caleb saw the possibilities. You see, Caleb had a different spirit. And did you know that 40 years later, Caleb, then 85 years old, as he readied himself to finally step onto the promised land, he said, I'm as strong today as the day that Moses sent me out. I'm ready to go to battle. Now give me this country that the Lord has promised me. All those years of struggle. And Caleb was still a man with a different spirit. What about you? Do you have a different spirit today? There's a good bet that whatever giants or obstacles that you're facing today, that there are 10 people being negative around you just like Caleb had. But let me tell you something. God wants you to have a different spirit. Spirit. You are too blessed to be stressed. Anybody can complain and be negative. You just have to say, I may have problems, but I'm not discouraged. God is in control here. I have the favor of God in my life. I refuse to let anything or anyone steal the joy that I have or dampen the confidence that I have in Him. If everyone says it's impossible, I'm still going to press on. There's victory in my DNA. And like Caleb, I have a different spirit
4: and I'm well able to do it.
0: Don't go away. On the Bright Side, we'll be right back.
4: Fully illuminate your immediate area. Tough
0: Welcome back to On the Bright Side. Email bobby at onthebrightside.org and let him know you're listening.
1: I want to talk about stewardship today, and I know I've talked about stewardship before. But today I want to talk about a different kind, because being a good steward is important. And I believe that we need to understand the concept better. You know, stewardship is just an old English word for management. Our Father God, who is responsible for everything that we have, expects us to be good stewards. Our managers, if you will, of what we have. He wants us to get the most out of it, and He he wants us to be productive. And most of the time, we think that stewardship is about managing our money. But it's really much more than that. It's just as important to be a good steward With our relationships as it is with our resources. And God requires us to be good stewards with everything that we have control of. And that's how he can fulfill his purpose for our lives. How many know that God has a purpose for your life? That's right. You know, the Lord didn't create anything without a purpose. Even though I'm pretty sure that the mosquito came close to being an accident. But he definitely has a purpose for you. And one of the most important things that we have to be good stewards with is our influence. Now, influence is, by definition, the power to affect how someone develops, acts, or thinks. And God actually commands us to use our influence for good. The Lord said, let your light shine before men in such a way that they may see your good works and glorify your father who is in heaven. So what he was saying was, let your light shine and don't hide it. And right before that, the Lord tells the disciples, you are the salt of the earth. And what does he mean by that? Well, what does salt do? I mean, salt, it seasons the food, it preserves the food, and and most of us believe that it improves the food. So being the salt of the earth means we're supposed to make a difference in who we come in contact with. God also expects us to be the influencer and not the influencee. The word says in Jeremiah that we are to influence them and don't let them influence you. And we hate to admit it, but we know we get this turned around sometimes. And it's the world that ends up influencing us. I mean, what does it say that 40 years ago, the best movie was The Sound of Music? And 20 years ago, the best movie was Chariots of Fire. And this year, one of the most highly acclaimed movies was about two gay cowboys. That says something about what is influencing our society as a whole. So what can we do to be a steward of influence? We can start by recognizing our own circle of influence. Practically everyone we come in contact with can be influenced in some way. Of course, our family and our friends, our co-workers and our neighbors. You see, the issue... Is not that you can have influence. The issue is with whom and what kind are you going to have. So we have to develop these tools that are out there for us to have a positive influence on people. It's things like we can read the Word, we can obey His commandments, we can pray for wisdom. The Word says, For the Lord gives wisdom. From his mouth comes knowledge and understanding. And remember Solomon, who was one of the most successful individuals in history, was granted anything he wanted from God, and his one wish was for wisdom. wisdom. It's one of the most powerful things that we can pray for. And finally, we can take a stand on what really matters. We need to realize that many times what we do speaks louder than what we say. Many people aren't influenced by what they hear as much as what they see. I mean, some people are just hard to get to. We all know that. There's an old saying that some minds are like concrete. They're thoroughly mixed up and permanently set. So we have to influence them by doing more than talk. We have to live a righteous life in front of them. And we need to fight for things that can influence our world. A good example of that is this children's center that we're working toward getting up right now. I mean, what an impact it's going to have on thousands of children in the coming years. And it will just become an awesome tool of influence. You see, being a steward of influence is within everyone's grasp who wants to please the Lord. And the best way to know how to influence someone... Is simply to share the one who has had such a profound influence on your life. And if that person is Jesus, well, then I promise you, you will be a force to be reckoned with.
0: You've been listening to On the Bright Side, brought to you by Nebo Tools. Nebo flashlights, respected by emergency professionals, are found in homes and businesses across America each weekday. Entrepreneur business owner, life coach Bobby Bollinger brings business, spiritual, and practical applications to inspire you to live life to the fullest. Get on the bright side with the bright ideas at NeboTools.com and let Bobby know you're listening with an email to Bobby at OnTheBrightSide.org.
3: If you're looking for something to chirp about, try the Nebo Tools Cricut. It's fun, functional, and more than just a flashlight. This versatile 3-in-1 LED light features a 240-lumen work light, bright spotlight, and intense red light. The Cricut has a unique swivel design that allows the flashlight head to rotate 90 degrees into a forward-facing light. The magnetic base and steel clip provide convenient hands-free lighting. Made of anodized aircraft-grade aluminum, the Cricut is water and impact resistant. The Cricut is unlike any other flashlight you've had before. This light is truly fun, functional, and versatile, and it's definitely worth chirping about. Find Nebo Tools' intensely bright flashlights, including the fun, functional, and versatile Cricut at Batteries Plus Bulbs, in hardware stores everywhere, and online at NeboTools.com. That's N-E-B-O Tools.com. Use the promo code ChristianRadio and receive a 10% discount on your order. At work, home, or play, for the ultimate in flashlights, let Nebo light your way.